Welcome to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show, where we're going to be talking with Alexander Chuguel, whom you all know as the one who removed the Pachamama idols from the church in Rome, who you also know was struggling with coronavirus and is recovered. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Just before we begin, let's please get you situated so that you receive these videos again and again and don't miss them when they come out. I need you to quickly go below this video, click on the like button, also the subscribe button, and then after the subscribe, a bell will appear. If you click on that bell, you'll get a notification for every new episode we release. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alexander, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. Very good to see you again. Very good to see you healthy again. I'm sure very many of our viewers will be very pleased to see you healthy and vigorous. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. I first of all want to thank all of the LifeSite readers and, and viewers for all the prayers. I know I got tons of prayers from, from you and from your families. And I'm very grateful for that because I really experienced uh, the power of prayer in a very unique way and i'm very happy to announce that this that that it is um it worked out so i'm really i'm kind of well again i do not have the coronavirus anymore and my pneumonia is also gone may uh, most of it and so i'm still a little bit weak but it's normal if you have a, a heavier sickness so thank you all for the prayers Excellent. We're going to talk about that, but also I want to focus on what's going on in the world. I know you've paid a lot of attention to the globalist agenda in the past, but there is stuff going on right now that is so very concerning. We'll get to that in a minute. But first of all, just give us a very brief summary of what actually you went through with the uh, coronavirus. I know you did a longer talk with uh, with Daler Marshall, and I encourage people to go watch that there. But if you can give us just a, a short summary of what happened and what you experienced what signs to look for so that people know going forward uh, what they might uh, expect. Yes. So, um, first of all, I do not know why I got the virus. There are many different possibilities. I'm, I, I was very exposed to many different people for all my traveling through Europe. I was in many planes and I was in Italy many times. So, uh, I don't know why I got the virus. It started, uh, in my case, with a freezing a big freezing shake so i was shaking uh, start uh, suddenly starting uh, starting to shake and then we um, um, got my temperature so i had a very high fever and it started with very high fever and the shaking and then i was very as a very ill and i could not eat anymore i could hardly i could hardly smell anything my whole taste my taste was gone and i started coughing in a very dry way which apparently is a sign, a typical sign for the flu too, but uh, also very uh, strongly for the coronavirus. And then I was very sick and I could not really move. So I was lying in the bed and my wife took care of me and we called the doctors. There is an emergency telephone number we can call right now in Austria. Um, and then um, there is a doctor's service coming to your house with full, as a full protection clothing. And they tested me. 
um, the test is a little bit um, um, ugly because they put something in your nose. So they did that and found out that I was positive. It took them two days to figure that out, but that's normal for the big test. And so after, after in general, five days, I knew that I'm Corona positive. Um, up until that uh, time, I was really weak. All my legs and arms um, hurt pretty much. And I was very, very, um, let's say, um, how do you say, um, um, so, so temperatures, different temperatures, to, if it's, especially if it was too cold, I immediately felt that I still feel that way too strong. Normally, I'm kind of immune to cold temperatures. And, and this mm -hmm. time, it was not mm -hmm. at all like this. So it was very, uh, very strange. And then it got worse and worse. And so my wife was completely exhausted already. And then we decided that I go to the hospital. Then the ambulance had to pick me up because I was not allowed to leave my home quarantine without the ambulance. This was a, is a law. So the ambulance had to pick me up and brought me to the hospital. And there they tested me and found out that I have not enough um, O2 in my blood. And so they put me onto an O2 uh, with an O2 mask. I did not have the heavy O2 machines needed to be turned on, so I did not have um, something going into into your lungs directly, but uh, I had a mask, and and with that, I, and then I got a very ugly medication, um, which was um, actually a medicament against HIV, and the HIV virus is, it seems quite similar, I don't know, but this kind of works a little bit against the coronavirus and I got infusions and everything. And after a week in the hospital, I suddenly turned better. It was actually on Sunday, so one, one and a half weeks ago. And so on Monday, they released me and made another corona test. And um, a few days later, I heard that this corona test was then negative, which is very good. So I managed to, um, to, to really push out the coronavirus. But I still had a pneumonia and the pneumonia was there and, until two days ago, I don't know. And so yesterday I got tested again by a doctor and and I do not have a pneumonia anymore, but I'm still a little bit weak. So yes, mm -hmm. there are many mm -hmm. different signs of coronavirus. In my hospital room, there were three other people. They Some of them had very similar experiences to mine. Um, one of them had a complete different experience with with very heavy briefing problems, which I thank God never had. So there are many different possibilities how to get the coronavirus and many different possibilities of how it develops in your body. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting symbols or signs that I've heard from many people is that they lose the sense of smell. Did you have that as well? Yes, the smell and taste, smell and taste. I did not taste okay. anything anymore. So I, okay. everything tasted um, um, disgusting for me and uh, uh, I did not smell uh -huh. anything. So um, we had. Uh, I, it was very interesting. I tell you a strange story. I had a, I had a, I had a very, I had very strange dreams during the sickness because I never really slept. I was always mm. half awake, so mm. I was kind of awake. You know, if you have a dream while being awake, you know what I mean. And I had very mm. strange dreams, and and all those dreams mm. were in black and white, which normally is not the case in my dreams. I normally dream with colors. So I told yeah. that to my wife and so on, and she told that to her family, and 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 then um, her sister decided to bring us flowers, and this actually mm. changed my <laughs> dreams because my dreams then were not uh, not black and white anymore because we had all the flowers in the room, 
and uh-huh. I could not smell any uh-huh. of the flowers. My my wife loved it, the smell, but I could not smell any of them. Wow, wow. Now, interesting. One of the things that came out uh, is that you were offering up your suffering. Um, tell us a little bit about that, because I think that for many people who will get this, their relatives, their young relatives or whomever, older relatives will get this. One of the key features that we have an opportunity with here is to offer this up, both our own suffering, but also the suffering we endure when our own loved ones have this. Yes, it is it is very important to understand that this is actually one of the main points about Catholicism, to understand suffering and what to do with suffering and how to sacrifice this for others and uh, in general how to sacrifice the suffering or sacrifice yourself to, some, to something else. So what can I say? It was very interesting. I was praying every day and I have to admit that it was very hard for me to pray. Uh, normally it's not that hard. So every rosary, every uh, Hail Mary took me hours. As I took, sometimes it took me five or six tries to, to get one Hail Mary through because through this whole being sick and I did not, I completely lost my concentration. So it was very difficult. And I think this is also a kind of, um, um, a test, a trial, you know. And then mm-hmm. I always ask God to, to show me for whom I'm suffering or for what exactly I'm suffering and what exactly is the cause. And then it was very interesting. Then suddenly I recognized, first of all, that uh, a big part of the suffering is um, directly for the Pope because I saw it was very strange. I cannot explain you actually why, but I suddenly knew that we really have to pray in an enormous way for the current Pope because the current Pope... The, as I, okay, without comment right now, but it's just, it's really important to pray for him. It's really important. I cannot stress that out enough. Um, so especially for him um, coming, going to heaven, this is very important that he that he comes to heaven because um, out of many reasons, I think that the prayer is very important here. And then there is another, and then there was something else going on. I suddenly, I, I had all this suffering and suddenly I got a message from a good friend. He is also um, a high-ranked clergyman. And he wrote me and, and and asked me how I am and so on. And I'm, I was asking him and asking, you know, is there anything I can pray for? And he wrote me one sentence with very clear what I can could pray for. And this was like... Um, like if God had answered my prayers, because it was really on the point where I really wanted to know why am I suffering so much for, uh, because I, I do not have lung problems. I was never afraid that I die actually. So, so maybe it's a, a, a I heard that it's a typical thing of man to, to be in, be, you know, to suffer more than women do normally if they are sick, but it was, it was really a bad, I was really in a bad situation. And, and also my wife was very, unhappy and we all did not know how long this will take some said 30, 30 days even which could have actually with without this briefing mask could have been that it would have taken i don't know how many uh, days longer and so suddenly i had this and i was so calm and i knew oh well that's that's it so the pope and this special um this special uh, request i got by this by this clergyman to say it mm-hmm. that way and I cannot mm-hmm. talk yes. about this too much, but it's re- it's really wonderful. So, I I can only tell all the people who watch that 
if you suffer it not maybe not because of the coronavirus but maybe because of all the measurements which are being taken right now because of the coronavirus if you suffer if you even if you are if you're good parents and you're at home with many children and they cannot go to school anymore and it's and you have the feeling it gets too much for you uh, which many parents have and i completely understand them there's nothing uh, you should not blame yourself for that that's completely normal if you're not used to something and suddenly you have such a big task to to manage but sacrifice this and ask god for help and for an answer to your prayer and he will i i'm sure that this is nothing it was not a miracle with me this is the way god works if you ask him for something you get an answer the question is of course if the answer if you ask him with an open heart so that you really will accept uh, every answer god gives you or if you ask him but in secret wish for a special answer so really ask him with an open heart and ask him and say well whatever it is god whatever you want to want me to do it is what i want um, please just give me an answer to my to my to my question i think this is a very beautiful prayer and especially in those strange times uh, i'd like to say i think it's a very important approach we all we catholics should all have Absolutely. One of the one of the most important things that Catholics can do is yes, we can even make sacrifices, our prayers, works, joys, our sacrifices and sufferings. We always offer to God. But those sufferings, I think, are, are very special because they are imposed upon us by the will of God. And to accept them even with joy, even though they're hard, to 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 offer them back to our Lord, to accept them as coming from Him is so, so important and, and so full of grace. Yes, that's very true. And there is, in addition, uh, something we always have to remember. God told us that we have to carry our cross to follow him. Christ mm -hmm. told us directly, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, carry your cross and follow me. And so we know that every one of us has a unique cross to carry. And mm -hmm. this unique cross is, as we know, because God, uh, Christ says, take upon your cross. So he, the, the cross is there. The cross is nothing as we do not choose it. It was given to us by God, and he gives us, so that we can, can take it, he gives us all the um, needed, um, um, what say, what's it, graces. graces, and, and you know, he gives us all the needed graces to carry it. So, for mm -hmm. example, I, I give you a very good example. There are sometimes, there are tasks um, given to people which require heavy labor. And normally the people who have this task are have the possibility to do this heavy labor. And now it's the same. If God gives the parents or the people also who stand alone, uh, we never we should never forget them. They are also they are also loved by God, um, depending on of course uh, and how they act. But God all loves them. And if we watch them, we see now in this strange crisis that there are many tasks coming up, praying for others sacrificing um, your own suffering, sacrificing also your loneliness. Loneliness means suffering too for many. Sacrifice that too. For others, the loneliness is very easy because they are more introverts. And so maybe they can use the time and do a good work for others. Call them, call the relatives, um, be with them if they need help, uh, help them in any po possible way. So there are many different possibilities uh, of how we could live our Christian and Catholic life right now. And especially a crisis like this gives us more possibilities. 
even though it looks like it takes away the possibilities because for many of us it takes away receiving the sacraments and going to the holy mass yeah. which is terrible and yeah. i think we will talk about that um too but Absolutely. we have to understand that this is all part of the suffering and especially in land this kind of suffering yeah. as hard as it sounds is actually very very good for land yeah yeah well many of the people who watch my program are very good, very holy people for whom the sacrifice of the loss of daily Mass, let alone even Sunday Mass, but is probably one of the most severe sufferings they've ever endured in their lives. And it is a, a, a feeling of, a, in a way, the loss of your most loved person. You, you want to go and, 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 and even sit outside the church door or do anything to come close to our Lord. But we're barred, some of us even barred from leaving the home at all. And so that suffering is, is a, you feel it and it's so hard to still know that our Lord is with us, that we have these graces because you feel so separated from the one you love the most. Yes. So uh, let me give you a very clear answer to that. There are different different things I think we have to talk about now. First of all, we always have to remember that there are many saints and many martyrs who had the same situation out of different reasons, so that they could not attend any mass. Just think of the of the martyrs and saints of the Soviet Union. Just think of the martyrs of saint and saints in the in the first center, uh, centuries of Christianity. Um, where many of them, as soon as they said publicly that they are Christian, were put into jail and afterwards killed. So many of them did not have the chance to visit any mass and to get all the sacraments and so on, but God was with them because they were, uh, they were sacrificing it and suffering for him and for, for the good. So what we have to understand is that, of course, it is not right, and we have to state this many times, that right now, um, uh, m most of the bishops and most of the priests are really not doing what they should do and not um, um, going around and caring for the uh, sake of the people's souls and for the, uh, and for the people and not uh, going around and, and offering them <clears throat> ways to receive the sacrament and so on. This is wrong. But still, we as Catholics have to take this. Maybe it's a punishment for whatever. We don't know for the, all the terrible things happening on earth, maybe for the abortion, for euthanasia, for um, bowing down in front of pagan idols, for um, all the destroying of families, uh, homosexual marriage and so on. We don't know, but it's it's clear that this this is an answer to something. So we have to really take this upon us and understand that this puts us in a situation like the people... I now give the example because we all know Bishop Athanasius Schneider, like the families in the times in the Soviet Union. They all had to form house churches. They all had to celebrate all the big, like Eastern and, and, and Christmas, all big feasts. They all had to celebrate them without a Holy Mass most of the time. And what they did is they connected themselves in prayer with, other, with, with a Holy Mass somewhere on earth. They, they read the daily prayers, they prayed them together, they sang songs together, they worshipped Christ, they <clears throat> built up different things. For example, in the, in the land, they prayed the way of the cross without a priest. They did a palm procession without priests, um, just in, a sm in, in small 
So there are many different possibilities uh, how we Catholics can still maintain the Catholic culture and prayer life without the priests. But we always have to we always have to have in our mind that this is not a good situation. It is rather a situation of suffering, and we take this upon us. We should not get used to the idea that this is the right way. The right way of, is, of course, to have it with a priest in the church and with the Holy Mass being celebrated and the sacraments being um, handed out to the ones who are allowed to receive them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one, of the amazing, one of the amazing things now about this time is that we're able to find masses online. You can look up your favorite holiest priest if they're doing streaming masses and and receive. I've, I've seen some incredible uh, masses, Latin masses that are is celebrated by fraternity priests all over the world. The homilies are astounding. So there are some possibilities now that we don't normally have. Um, and, and so that's neat, but it is surely a suffering nonetheless. Because we... we are not allowed to forget that, of course, watching a Mass online is not attending a Mass. But still, yeah. it is a big grace given to us. And it's wonderful because we can at least, at least see that the Holy Sacrifice is still happening on Earth. We can mm-hmm. be part of it more than we could be part of it without the camera. This is good. Mm-hmm. And we can at least listen to the chants and listen to the homilies. So this yeah. is, of course, wonderful. But it's not, of course, it's not the same as visiting a mass. Uh, what, what is so great about that is actually that many of the faithful out there right now see who the priests are they can trust, who the priests mm-hmm. are who mm-hmm. continue their work and who continue their ministry on earth. And I want to say, uh, tell you an example from Austria. I, I talked to many different traditional priests in the last weeks, um, to all over Austria, to really different ones. And they all told me that since the lockdown of the churches, they have way more to do than they normally have. They normally have a full calendar, but now they have really more to do. For example, a friend priest of mine, he listened to over 50 confessions only on the weekend. He gave wow. Two, wow. two last unctions on one day now, which is not so much compared to the Black Death last unctions. I have some numbers here. I want to mention them wow. later. Wow. But mm-hmm. just imagine this. It's one priest only. 50 confessions the, uh, on one weekend is very good. And two wow. last wow. unctions is also very good. So you see that the priests we can trust are now mm-hmm. priests <laughs> who really have you know a di- an additional aura around them so that other people and other faithful can see that they can trust them too. And that's yeah. very good. Yeah. And that shows, again, that God gives us many graces in the times. I would like you to mention those numbers from the plague, from the time of the Black Death, because uh, we have in the United States, in Canada, in various dioceses, absolute prohibitions from bishops telling their priests they may not at all hear any confessions. That includes giving last rites. They talk about, oh, just the people will make a perfect act of contrition, that's it. Uh, so they're, they're, they've sort of said that their priests must obey them. And i uh, lo- love to hear what you have to say about that. Also, so in Europe, it's the same in many dioceses. There are many, a little bit better dioceses, and unfortunately many dioceses who are as worse as you told me right now. But now I want to give you some old numbers, because the people sometimes do not really get 
um, um, an understanding of how it was in the past times. So I have two numbers. One is from the first uh, Black Death epidemic, the 14th century in Austria, and the second one from the 17th century, second past, uh, so, um, um, Black Death, uh, death epidemic. So I now quote, um, 14th century in Vienna. The calendarium of uh, the monastery of Zwettl, which is outside of Vienna, but had uh, sent many monks to Vienna, um, says that all inhabitants of Vienna who died of the Black Death got the last unctions. End quote. All all inhabitants of Vienna, says the calendarium of of, of the monastery. Of course, it can be that they forgot one or two, or they did not have the possibility to give it to one or two. We don't know that. But everyone of whom we know got the last unctions in the 14th century in Vienna. The whole city of Vienna in the medieval city. So first of all, and now I give you a, a, a number, which is a little bit nicer from the 17th century, so that you can get it in a kind of, you know, in a, to, to compare it. On the 18th of May, 1680, um, the Viennese um, city council or however you could translate this gave testimony to the franciscans that they gave more than 30,000 people the sacraments in the time of the black death 1679 30,000 people only by the convent of the franciscans of vienna wow. and this is out of a church history book it's not an in it's not an invented number we have this written it's a it's a historical fact. So what you can see here is the difference to nowadays times. Thirty thousand people only by one convent of monks got the last wow. unctions in a in a in a black death epidemic, in an epidemic of a sickness which is way worse than the coronavirus. Even though the coronavirus is nothing we should joke with, but it's of course nothing compared to the black death. And mm-hmm. in the 14th century, we know from the calendarium of the monastery of Zwettl, that every dead person in Vienna, because of also death, dead because of the black death person, we know about got the last unction. Just on this, you have to compare these numbers with our with our bishops nowadays to say close down, don't hand out everything, or or with the prime minister of England, whatever you normally think of him, but he explicitly forbid the baptism for example which mm-hmm. and of course there's no reason at all for this first of all we know that little children's are not are not at all in danger because we know that the coronavirus even though it goes quite low so there are people who are quite young but newborn children are up until now not affected at all by it uh, we even had already a woman in Italy giving birth to a child, even though she had the coronavirus and the child was completely healthy. So we have many examples and we know how the baptism works. We know that, of course, we could have distance. And in some countries and some dioceses, this is forbidden. In Austria, I'm very happy to announce this is most of the, I think it's nowhere forbidden. Confession mm-hmm. in Vienna is, for example, very difficult. I, I know um, good priests and they are open for confession and you can always call them but <clears throat> first of all I want to say that even though the church recommends that you get a confession father there are many people who go to confession regularly but who do not want to have a personal confession father because they because of their personality uh, like to stay a little bit more hidden which is okay mm-hmm. and which is allowed it's allowed for them to be like this it's allowed. Mm-hmm. It depends on, of course, what their confession father says, but 
it is really an anonymous confession, and this is very important um, for for those people. And so they, for example, cannot go to confession. Then there are many people who who are faithful but do not have a personal good contact, or many people who are very old and who do not have cell phones with them to call a priest whenever they need one. So we really have to say that this situation now asks from us different answers. And one answer is be prepared. All the faithful who listen to these videos and to listen to all of that, be prepared yourself. It might be that the coronavirus not at all hits you and and you stay healthy all the time and all along and then everything is wonderful. But just be prepared. Try to find a priest who would be there for you when something happens. Even if the coronavirus session is over, it's always good to have a priest in, in nowadays times where you don't know if you get a priest, um, if, if you come in a, uh, in a difficult situation, to have a priest who knows you, who would be ready to come to you and, and give you the last sacraments or the Holy Communion and everything at the confession. Mm-hmm. This is very important. And, and to help those priests, for example, it's very easy. For the last unction, you only need, I think, a cross and, and two candles um, mm-hmm. who are being lit. So it's something like this can be prepared by every Catholic household so that the priests have it a little bit more easy. And if, if we really come to the underground church state, which in parts of all Europe we are already, I know many different priests who celebrate underground masses, and only if you know them and you know the correct time, you, you can go there and then it's locked uh, up behind you. Um, I know that from many different cities in Europe. And if we really have to continue in those times for a little bit longer, then consider consider trying to get a, a, a missile for your home and at least also two candlesticks and you can print out the canon tables. You can print them out from the internet so that if a priest uh, um, will maybe uh, have the possibility to celebrate the mass at your place, if you have the place for it and if you have a big house, then that he does not have to bring everything with him. It's way mm-hmm. easier for him and way easier and way better for them. So this is something many priests ask ask me to say in videos so that the people are a little bit more prepared. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Let's let's talk also about what's going on on a global scale. I know many people think of you, first of all, as the person who took the Pachamama idols from the church, of course, and now as someone who has experienced the coronavirus and recovered from it. But you've done a lot of research about globalism, about the push for a one world order, and this is coming on like it never has been before. All sorts of possibilities. They've been talking about it from in public newspapers, the former pr- uh, prime minister of England the, uh, has even mentioned the need for a one world order right now um, the guardian, the guardian brought a big article about that mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. and you can also read for example as i give you a few examples which i um, um watched and which i experienced now on my own on my own a little bit uh, for example in in austria and germany and in other uh, countries as i heard too they now officially surveil our uh, do you say that Surve- surveillance Sur- Sur- uh, surveillance uh, surveillance yeah, yeah. Yes, as surveillance, our cell phones, officially. Mm-hmm. They officially yeah. track yeah. our cell phones. Of course, they say, oh, only anonymous data. But then at the same, on the same thing, they say, well, we want to know how the coronavirus spreads, so it cannot be that anonymous, because mm-hmm. they at least mm-hmm. have to connect the cell phone to someone who has the coronavirus. Um, yeah. so, it yeah. is, so you see that this starts. Then we have um, many different people calling for a... a um, now a global answer to this global problem. We always, we, mm-hmm. we always know that. But 
I now say, tell you something. On the same on the same level, we see that all the globalism is one of the main reasons why so many countries in Europe, for example, and in other parts of the world, I bet it is the same, have the problems right now with the virus. Because I give you an example. Um, it is now very difficult and restricted to travel past the borders, which mm -hmm. we normally do not have in Europe anymore. And I'm very happy that I see that it is still possible to keep up our borders. It's actually a wonderful example of, of what we always say, that of course it is possible to secure the borders a little bit. We see that it is very difficult to get the equipment the hospital needs. The hospital, hospitals needs, uh, need masks, they need uh, different you know, plastic suits and everything, they need sheer, uh, eye protection, they need medication and so on, and they need um, air, air support so for the people who die uh, really and who are about to die. And they cannot get it out of one reason. Nothing of all these products is produ produced in Europe anymore. Nothing mm. is produced of this, well, maybe a few companies, but only a little. Nothing is produced in Austria, in Germany, in Italy, in, in France. Nowhere. So the people always have to import that from one country m most of the time, which is called China, where the virus mm -hmm. is coming from. So, um, and it is a country, first of all, I do not trust at all out of many reasons. It's a communistic re regime. We can never forget that. I, ne I do not trust their corona numbers. I do not trust their corona ex explanation, but that's another topic. But we just have to see that the globalism is the problem why many countries have, the pro have this <laughs> terrible numbers right now. The Italians, for example, cannot get any air, air support, as now they get it from different countries and some help, and it's very difficult, but still many people die. In France, next to Strasbourg, a former German city of Strasbourg, they still, you just have to imagine, they officially say that they do not put people older than 80 or 70, I think they already said, on, on air support. They, on ventilators, yeah. Just, so just imagine this. Mm -hmm. um, this is happening because all those countries, because of globalism, pushed out many main, many main um, um, things uh, which should normally stay in the hand of one country. You know, mm -hmm. a country should always be able to uh, keep up their own health system, their own military, their own streets, and their own food. And yeah. a few other things too, only electricity and so on com uh, comes. But this is not the case anymore in many countries, mm -hmm. and now you see it. So I really can only tell the people, wh whoever asks now for the global answer, you have yeah. to give them yeah. a very hard no. The global answer is the reason why many countries have the problem right now. And so mm -hmm. what we need is a so sovereign answer of sovereign states. A sovereign mm -hmm. state could solve, the, could solve it. Italy could easily, for example, manage their money problems if they would not be part of the euro system. They are mm -hmm. part of the euro system, so that's the reason Italy is always poor and does not have any public money left. <laughs> and because of that, it's very difficult for them to get all the expensive things right now. And second of all, they do not have any production in their own country, which I stressed out enough, but I really want to push that point. So we see there would be an answer, and this answer is not possible right now within one or two months, but it is possible within the next next few years and this next few years have to be used to do that fight mm -hmm. globalism fight the united nations wherever you can right now and fight the european union wherever you can because the european union right now does nothing to help the states nothing just yeah. sits around yeah. and and adds more immigrants to our country they right now said that they accept uh, and and now start the 
the talks with Albania, Northern Macedonia, so Macedonia, we should not stay with this leftist new word, but Macedonia and Albania should now be members of the European Union. We all know that those are entering states for Muslims. And we all know that in Europe, all the people who are informed know that. But the problem is the newspapers do not write about it. And this is what the European Union does if the people do not watch because of Corona and they are all um, um, locked down at home. And in Germany, they are not allowed to leave their homes if their group is bigger than two people which is, of mm-hmm. course, very difficult if you have a big family because the police can, in many countries, the police really stops the people and asks them what they do. And it is not possible for a family with many children who live in a city to stay at home for weeks. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Children need nature and need outside. And mm-hmm. so it is really terrible what we see. And I have to say, even though he's also a person I do not fully trust, but... Edward Snowden gave a very good article about it, actually. And he told, um, I just look up to which newspaper, there is a big translation of that in an Austrian newspaper. And and he says that it will, of course, continue afterwards. Mm-hmm. I just no, It was an interview during the Copenhagen International Film Festival. Okay. And, okay. and he says, let's see what keeps the state from um, letting all the measurements being put up after the crisis, because who says that the crisis ends? It's actually very interesting because what they're talking about, which has been proposed in England, as well as even in Hungary, have been these tracking devices or apps for your phone that will track you. The very strange thing is that they're saying that it's not only going to track you, but it's going to be able to tell you if you've come into contact with someone who's had coronavirus and therefore tell you to self-isolate for two weeks. This is a problem, though, because, of course, if they can do that, then they could tell you to self-isolate for two weeks for no reason because... They're not telling you who has the coronavirus because that would be a violation of privacy. Um, So they're just telling you, you've been in contact with somebody, you need to self-isolate for two weeks. So this is very, very alarming because there is no, there doesn't have to be a rhyme or reason. They could tell people randomly, oh, you've been exposed, you need to self-isolate and you won't know anything about it other than to know you've received this on your phone and you must obey. And you can be tracked (laughs) via your phone to say if you are violating the ban or not, which which could even come, as we talked about at the beginning of the program, with criminal penalty, which might land you in jail for even years. Yes. So, for example, I, I just look it up if I find the quote, because that's always easier if the people... Because I found out that many people um, now in this coronavirus do not believe anything anymore mm-hmm. of anyone. Okay, I do not find it, but I will find it. There is a famous Austrian so-called conservative Catholic politician. She's a lady, um, um, Gudrun Kugler. And for example, even though many of her positions are very good and very Catholic, she also asked for this tracking device. She said, well, I think it's good if we all have an app. And of course, and then she says, and of course, the app should be um, uh, should be um, voluntary and so on. And, but the people who should use the app should get... Um, a bonus uh, or whatever or something. So we, of course, at the beginning, they would all tell us, uh, yeah, it's only voluntary, uh, voluntarily, and it's just, you know, it's just for the good of the, the sake of the people and so on. And then, of course, who tells us that this is not going to stop? What we have to see is, what the people have to understand out there who maybe watch this video right now, um, 
what I have to understand, this all sounds like a conspiracy theory because years ago, things like this were a conspiracy theory but mm -hmm. because they did not happen. But now they start to happen. So it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. It's not a conspiracy theory if many people ask for state tracking of your uh, and, and, and state watching your phone and the state asking you to whatever to do whatever. I give you many different uh, examples. For example, I know it is a huge fight and I do not want to open that bottle, as we say here in Austria, um, too much right now. But I know that the whole question of whether you should get vaccinated or not is a big fight. Mm -hmm. And I know there are many people out there who say vaccinations are very important and you should get vaccinated and others who say, well, I know that many vaccinations bring out allergies and other problems. And I know both positions. I even have medical um, 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 medical, you know, doctors and professors I talk to about both positions and I don't want to give, give an opinion on it now. But what I want to tell you is if the state comes and, for example, tells you, well, against the coronavirus, the only thing which works is now this vaccination, so you have to get it. This is something which is against your personal right because you, the state cannot force you to get something put, uh, uh, you know, put into your body against your will. This is something, this is a principle of, of sovereignty of the people, which is not, uh, be, as which the state is not able to undermine. So as soon as you see things like this, you know, it is too much. As soon as they start tracking your phone, as soon as they start asking for apps which only help the common good, you know that this is all no good. Whatever takes away your freedom on this level is too much. It is okay that the states forbids certain things because of an emergency situation. In war times, in, in pandemic times, etc., it is a very old state, right? That the state, for example, tells you, okay, please, if this alarm symbol, uh, if this alarm signal comes, you all have to hide at home, like in case of a war, or like right now, we have a pandemic. So this and this is forbidden, and please do not gather in bigger crowds on the streets. So this is actually allowed that the state does it. If we don't like it, we cannot really change it because that's really an old an old state, right? And I think it's actually, it, it's normally a good one, even though the states are right now very corrupted and so we all do not trust them anymore. But this is really an old thing. But the state has not the right to go into your personal uh, area. He has not the right to put something into your body. He has not the right to track your phone. He has not the right to prohibit you from living your personal religional, uh, religious life, especially if you're a Christian, because all our countries are officially former Christian countries, or like your country, John Henry, you're, you're I think, live in a, in, a, in a strange commonwealth with a state, and the, sta the head of your state is the head of a Christian church, even though we as Catholics would, of course, call this Christian church a heretic and a, a Protestant falling away church but still it's christian so yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in my case that's not the case in, in my case in canada it's not so but in well if, if you can we don't quite consider ourselves still the queen head of canada but uh that's yeah. fine is the queen, but yeah. is the queen yeah. not officially head of canada or not 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 in most people's uh take on it we're the prime minister is the head of canada but we we do still say she's the queen uh but but definitely yeah exactly Exactly. Um, we, we do have a very strange situation, but a situation too that actually has a lot of positive 
things going on. So, for instance, we have, you know, school is out. So, actually, uh, most children aren't getting indoctrinated right now into sex education, all sorts of harmful things that happens regularly in school. We aren't getting uh, a lot of the, the, the filthy films out. I know people are watching on the internet now, um, and so on and so forth, but the film industry is going down the tubes. The, the um, you know, there's all sorts of things in various states um, the abortions are stopped because it's non-essential service. However, on the other side, the the characters of the revolution that keep pushing the antichrist agenda, you have this pushback. So you you now have many states in the United States and all of Canada and probably lots of Europe that has declared abortion an essential service. And in England, you will have seen that they increased abortion, making it available in homes. So they're pushing on this, using this time as uh, uh, you know, advantage, uh, advantageous for the side of those against the faith, against life, and against family. Yes, it's terrible. It's in Germany, for example, the the um, pro-abortionists right now really push for the same as in England. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think it's terrible. Yeah, well, it's a strange situation. For example, another good thing is that all the people who normally go to Sunday Mass without being faithful Catholics and never go to confession, but still mm-hmm. are re- receiving communion every Sunday, cannot do it right now, which is very ah. good. Ah. Yeah. And then yeah. We, yeah. we do yeah. not have the Economy of Francesco meeting, which should have taken place last month in, in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not have the um, um, Global Competent Education meeting in May, as, uh, as you know, in, in yeah. Rome. Yeah. This is all postponed. So this is also very good. The abortion agenda is, I think, one of the most ugly uh, topics because right now we have the strange situation that when the coronavirus uh, um, ch- suddenly, like a lightning, came and came and and goes everything down, we had other countries like I think it was Germany the last one. Germany just declared euthanasia is okay, for example. Mm-hmm. This is this is something. So so we see that. Where uh, the anti-life and and we cannot call them uh, any different than the murderer, the bro-murder troop, the bro-killing baby troop. We really cannot call this any different. Is now being opened to the bro-killing elderly people and sick people too. So this is really a heavy thing. And then we see how they right now do not take care of the elderly who have corona in many parts of Europe anymore. And you see how sick and destroyed our society is already. So what do we have to say? Yes, there are many positive parts of the crisis too. There are Mm -hmm. the people who are now at home with the families. There are all the families who might have big problems right now taking care of the children, but who have to find a solution living with their children, which is also good for many families. There are many um, married couples who now stay longer together than they normally ever do in their whole life. This is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we cannot forget the enemies fighting to and using this crisis. How can we prevent them from using it? By being very, very, very loud about this. We really have to be very loud. Every Catholic, every Catholic has to understand that everything going on in this direction is really, it is um, like apocalyptic even. It's, you know, people killing other people is something we know from wars. And and if, if you normally tell a little boy, well, and then he killed the other one, you normally tell him that together with a story about a knight or 
about uh, a bad man and then afterwards the bad man is kind of uh, has to suffer because he did a bad thing and and gets um, goes to prison or whatever so killing is something if you talk with little children about it it's really connected to war and to the bad things and suddenly killing through abortion got in the mind of all the people who do not care about their faith especially them but unfortunately also many so-called Catholics and so-called Christians, the ones who care about the faith, as we know from statistics, are more than 99.9% against abortion. At least I think that's the statistic I have in my head right now. Um, I know. So we see that this started. Now the euthanasia comes. Now the, the sickness comes. And what do we see? The lack of the Catholic system, the lack of the Christian hospital system. You do not have Christian Catholic hospitals anymore. You do not have the nuns and monks taking care of the sick. You have people who are, go who are being paid for it. And if you're paid as a doctor, then the state and all the media only ask you how many lives did you save. And then, mm -hmm. of course, you start calculating and you start calculating and saying, well, if I put... This 80-year-old man, grandfather of many, I don't know, so many, so, so and so many children, if I put him on air support, he will probably not survive, but I have this 35-year-old lady, and if I put her on air support, she will definitely survive. So I should, I put, just put her on air support, even though the older man was here since 10, uh, 10 days and the lady is here since today. Then you see the differences, you know. And <laughs> and this, it really starts here. It, it You show that the people start counting and start calculating. And this is the difference between the monks and the nuns. Of uh, we, You know, I told you the numbers before of the medieval times and of the even of the 17th centuries of the Baroque times, who really were there for the sick. They really took care of them. We know from many saints like um, St. Carl Borromeus, St. Charles Borromeus. He's a wonderful saint. I really love him. And he took care of the Black Death, um, um, as of the people who are sick with Black Death himself. He was already bishop. He gave the uh, last mm -hmm. unction. He gave them the, the Holy Sacrament and so on. He was there for the people. He was there for the people. So that's the difference. And we really have to pray for this. And this is something where if we suffer, sacrifice your suffering for that cause, for that mm -hmm. pro-life cause, against killing the babies, against killing the elderly and the sick, against this whole ugly murder and murdering from people in these times of crisis. This is really sick, and this should, of course, be forbidden immediately. And unfortunately, that's not possible because we do not have any real good Christian state left anymore. Not mm -hmm. even in Hungary, and you know that I really like Hungary and that I really appreciate what they do for the family and so on. Not even them, not even them uh, uh, right now doing anything against abortion. So, and they unfortunately even made a push for, for um, 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 how do you call it, artificial children. How do you call them? Oh, yes, artificial uh, IVF, in vitro fertilization. Yes, in vitro fertilization, yes. They even made a push for this um, with uh, the last month. So you see every every state, unfortunately, even the ones we consider the better ones, are not doing a good job on that. And I think it's not at all a big, a big uh, coincidence that in these ugly times, this strange virus comes and closes down everything. Yeah. Absolutely. As as we close, tell me what is, in your opinion, the best thing Catholics, Christians, and people of uh, who are pro-life and pro-family can do right now in the midst of this crisis, while deprived of so much that they're used to. 
Okay, well, this is this. It, it very much depends on what your situation is. Right now, as we know, many parents are at home with all their children uh, uh, all around the clock. So this is maybe those parents have a very difficult situation with focusing on anything outside of their own home right now. And we do not want to judge them. And quite the contrary, we want to encourage them to really try to pray with the children every day, try to start the day with the children with a morning prayer and try to end the day with an evening prayer, try to pray the Angelus with them and maybe even introduce them if they are already old enough to bring a whole rosary with, with you every day. This is difficult, but these are the times... Um, and the places where we can manage to do so. Prepare them for the Holy Week and for Easter. So first of all, then um, for all the people who have a little bit more time, um, try to get yourself informed what's happening in your own state and in your own country. If you see wh wherever, but if you see a push for pro-abortion, pro-euthanasia, or all the other ugly cases. If you see a push for more globalism, etc., try to make your voice being heard. So, for example, we all, most of us, um, I think 99.9% .9 live in something we call democracy. Even though um, most of them do not really work the way a democracy should work, you normally have a politician who is in charge for your particular part of the country. I don't know how you call them in Canada, But um, it is what, for example, in, 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 in England, you have the different counties. And mm -hmm. in those different counties, you normally have a representative of the county. And in Austria, we have the same. We do not have counties, of course, because we are not a monarchy anymore. But we have also political districts and they have a, a direct representative. And this representative is your, is your uh, representative in the parliament. And even though if he's from an opposite party, those people need your votes. If he's from an opposite party, he will not get your vote. If he's from a socialist or green party, he will not get your vote. But, but that does not matter. He does not know it, first of all. And second of all, it does not matter with what you have to do. You have to call them if they have a number in the internet. If not, they have an email address. And normally, the representative has a direct email address, which goes, let's say, at least to their personal secretary. And in those email, emails, you have to focus on this point wherever they pop up. This really, first of all, it annoys them. And if it does not annoy them, it makes them, in, it makes them interested. Because if more than three or more than ten people write, you do not believe it, but that's already a huge amount. It sounds strange because the countries are huge and millions of people are living there. But you cannot imagine there are not so many people who write a direct email or call their representative politician. So if you do that, for example, it's a very good idea. It's very easy to do and it's very easy to manage. Um, share your uh, information you have. If you have a very good and concrete data and you really know that this data is true and it's funded on scientific research, share it, with, share it them and share it with your friends so that they have the possibility to do that too. Speak out loud. Still, please, if you have any money left, uh, I know the Corona uh, situation is very difficult. Give it out to good Catholic um, things, you know, to good Catholic movements. Give it out to your most famous Catholic online newspaper, um, um, for example, or give or, or support the local pro-life um, organization or whatever. This is a time where we really have to stay together. We have to show the world this is not the goal, but it's a nice let's say second goal we can now show the world that the catholic communities are not going to break through this crisis if all the worldly and all the people who are focused on how they come along on the world and how they can save their own body uh, if 
if they all break, uh, if they, they're all the societies break down right now, our Catholic body never breaks down because it is the body of Christ and Christ will never leave us. So show the people, try to really, really, really keep up the Catholic life as strong as possible. This is the biggest thing you can do in this crisis. So prayer, support, and being politically active as far as possible. If there are petitions, of course, sign the petitions and so on. I know many of you out there, we are all used to sign every week another petition every uh, since years, but those petitions are more important than you think because even if only one of 10 of them or one of 100 of them has any uh, success, it's enough. Every success is good. And right now, what are the most important petitions? There is one petition against, I think, Pornhub, this ugly pornography site. Um, I think it is um, against them and for them to close down because they use this crisis to do ugly things. And they even um, um, there was an interview, I think, going on where they, maybe I mistake it right now with another uh, one of those pages, but they even said that, yes, it can happen that children are part of the videos, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, we upload millions of videos, no one cares. So right now, sign this petition and help to spread awareness of globalism and that globalism is a big part of the problem we have right now and not part of the solution. This is what you can do. It's a big amount of work. It's not as easy as it looks like. And please, right now, stay Catholic as far as possible. Do not get crazy. Do not suddenly start trusting any strange private private appearances and so on even if they sound wonderful and many of them and maybe they are right and maybe the vatican will will say yeah well that's that's a, a good uh, appearance in the future but right now please stay catholic use the old books use the old prayers um there are wonderful old prayers against the black death uh, you can find them in, in the old books if you have a friend who has an old english prayer prayer book just copy them out of them and ask them to copy it and pray them together with your family. So there are so many possibilities. And please prepare for the Holy Week. Prepare for the Palm Sunday. Pre prepare yourself also for Easter. Prepare also for the Easter celebration. Even if we do not, if we cannot go to church, I know many of you won't go to church on Easter because they do not have the possibility. Please do the preparations for it. The preparations are so important because our Lord um, earns these celebrations. Of 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 the, because he gave everything for us his whole life he suffered so much and then he raised from the death he rose from the death and and this is the reason why you can go to heaven nowadays so please celebrate Easter as good and as um, uh, high and as you know wonderful as you can with your whole family and get closer together that's everything I can say I know I talk very much today. But no, I think that's, it's no, very that's important. Great. It's a very important issue. Excellent. Alexander Chuguel, thank you so very much for being with us. May God bless you. Um, I can tell you when I was a little bit a little bit more well in the hospital, I was still not very fit, but I immediately started reading Life Set News again. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Well, God bless you, my friend. Thank you. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.